The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the fourth chapter. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road, by the sea, across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father, Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We have before us today beautiful Psalm 27, and we will take a close look at it, actually from two different angles. But first, let's begin by thinking about the Psalms in general for a moment. They are a treasure of 150 separate poems, about half, including Psalm 27, were written by David and others by other authors. Some are hymns, some are raw complaints and laments, some praise the king, and some are filled with thanksgiving and wisdom. As we spend time in the Psalms, God works through them to deepen the ways we think and feel and imagine and live, and even how we face our time of death. When we read Psalms, we pay attention to several things, including their imagery. We might think of the Psalms as a sort of portrait gallery of God, giving us many different glimpses of who God is. For instance, God is, of course, our shepherd in Psalm 23, our warrior in Psalm 18, our king in Psalm 47, and our caring mother in Psalm 131. And have you considered that the Psalms point us toward Christ? Remember when the risen Jesus, as recorded in Luke chapter 24, appears to his astonished disciples and explains what has happened, that he had to die, and that he has now risen from the dead. He said to them, This is what I told you when I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. 
So here Jesus gives us the invitation to read the Old Testament, his Hebrew scriptures, including the Psalms, with him in mind. The Psalms point us to Jesus. One author titled his book on the Psalms, The Songs of Jesus, because they were songs that Jesus sang and quoted since they were the Jewish hymn and prayer book. We can be aware that as we are reading the Psalms, Jesus also prayed those Psalms and he identified with them. In his earthly ministry, Jesus taught us that he was, for instance, the priest king of Psalm 110, the cornerstone of Psalm 118, and the sufferer of Psalm 22. And with this in mind, in addition to reading the Psalms just as written, we can adjust them a bit to be a prayer to Jesus. For instance, instead of, the Lord is my shepherd, we could also say, you, Lord Jesus, are my shepherd, and I shall not be in want. In my prayer experience, that gives me a lovely sense of the closeness of the Savior. So, we encounter Jesus in the Psalms, and we also encounter ourselves and our full human experience. The lament Psalms express our fear, despair, shame, anger. Others express joy, love, and confidence. As we read the words of the Psalms, they can become our own. They help us understand what is going on inside of us. They give us permission to both praise and rage. They help us bring it all from intense joy to deepest grief to our Lord. The Psalms give us words to do that when our own words fail us. With all that in mind, let's turn to Psalm 27. We heard part of it read a few moments ago. I invite you to turn to page 493 in your pew Bibles, and we will be reading a few of the verses together. So I do encourage you, uh, if you are willing to, open to page 493 to Psalm 27. I'll give you a moment to get there. Let's read verse 1 out loud together. And since this was his prayer book, let's imagine that Jesus is saying it with us. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I wonder, would our Savior have called on this psalm during his mountaintop experiences? or maybe in his temptations, or at the time of his arrest. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Do you hear the confidence in those words? In fact, this psalm is titled in our Bibles, Triumphant Song of Confidence. But I think we shall see that this doesn't tell the whole story of the psalm. Verses 2 and 3 continue in this confident theme. And then verse 4 takes us to a gorgeous place. Let's read verse 4 together. One thing I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, 
to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Do you hear the psalmist's heart, his yearning, the one thing he wants? To be in the presence of God. This is home. This is where we belong. This is our destiny. Continuing, the psalmist sees God's protection with many images. God has stronghold. God has shelter. God has hiding place in the time of storm. God is home where he belongs. And then we have the lovely invitation of the psalmist's own heart to seek the face of God and his, yes, I do seek your face, Lord. And then things seem to change. Trouble has arrived. The psalm becomes a prayer for help. Do not turn your servant away in anger. Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me. Verse 11 acknowledges enemies. Verse 12, adversaries, false witnesses, people breathing out violence. Suddenly we have complaints and cries for help. In fact, this turn is so abrupt that some scholars say we really have two different psalms here that were later put together. But isn't this just life? Doesn't life come at us in waves, in peaks and valleys, with storms and calms? Aren't we feeling confident and filled with faith some days? And then something brings us to our knees and we lose sight of God. In his book, The Ragamuffin Gospel, Brennan Manning writes, a two-story house had caught on fire. The family, father, mother, several children were on their way out when the smallest boy became terrified. He tore away from his mother and ran back upstairs. Suddenly he appeared in a smoke-filled window crying like crazy. His father outside shouted, jump, son, jump, I will catch you. The boy cried, but daddy, I can't see you. I know, the father called, I know, but I can see you. We lose sight of God, but God never loses sight of us. And perhaps it is defiantly remembering God's faithfulness in time of trouble that allows the psalmist to proclaim those last two verses. Let's read 13 and 14 together. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And so we return to trust. Trust in the middle of all the scary stuff. And that is what we need. One writer suggested that we go another step further, and this is the second angle that I mentioned earlier on. Her name is Susan. She must be rather humble because she just gives her first name, and her website is called Letters from Jesus, Power of a Moment. She wrote that since Jesus is the Word of God in the flesh, and since the whole Bible points us to Christ, as we have said earlier, and since he speaks to us through the scripture, why not read the Psalms as though they are being spoken to us by Jesus? She has found this practice to be deeply meaningful and life-changing. 
She wrote about a certain day when the news had demonstrated just how fragile life on this war-torn planet is, and she was pondering what to write in her blog in response to those events. And then she said, Then I realized that nobody needs to read words from me. What we all need is to hear what Jesus has to say. And she began a series she calls Letters from Jesus, where she writes out a psalm as if it is being spoken by Jesus himself. One of her favorites is Psalm 27. So in closing, I will read her version of Psalm 27 to you. Wherever you are today, whether it's in a peak or a valley, a calm or a storm, I invite you now to just settle in, maybe close your eyes if you'd like to, take a deep breath and receive this as though it is the voice of Jesus speaking to you. Psalm 27. I am your light and your salvation. So of whom should you be afraid? I am your refuge and your stronghold. Of whom should you be afraid? I will cause your enemies to stumble and fall. Because of my presence with you, your heart does not need to fear. Even if war rises against you, you can be confident in me. I desire that you would ask one thing of me, to live with me forever, to gaze on my beauty, and to seek my face. I will hide you in my shelter when you are in trouble. I will hide you in the secret place of my tent, just you and I. Sing to me there, offer shouts of joy to me, thank me. I hear you when you cry out. I am full of mercy and grace, and I will answer you. Seek my face. Require me as your most vital need. I will never hide my face from you. I will never turn away from you in anger. I am your constant help. I save you. I will never cast you off. I will never reject you. I will never forsake you, even if your father and mother do. I will teach you my ways, and I will lead you in a straight path, even in the midst of your enemies who lie in wait for you. I will never give you up to your adversaries who break out in cruelty and violence against you. You will see my goodness in your life, not just in eternity, but here in time. Here is the attitude I want you to have. Wait for me. Hope in me. Expect me to act. Be brave and full of courage. Endure. Yes, wait for, hope for, and expect me. In the name of Jesus, amen.